picture on the cover of the bulletin is the first picture, the first painting by the young man we all know today as Michelangelo. He was 14 when he painted that. Um, next Saturday is the Feast of St. Anthony of the Desert. And um, his, you can read there at the bottom, his, um, his life was written by St. Athanasius. Uh, do you notice how the uh, demons are pulling, are trying to pull him down? And what is happening to St. Anthony? He's rising into the air. He's levitating. Um, St. Anthony is not discouraged by the attacks. His focus is on God. So this captivated the attention of the young Michelangelo, as I mentioned there, a painter, a sculptor, an inventor, um, a Catholic. So... Um, this is an amazing work. You can see it over in Fort Worth at the Kimball Art Museum. Take a look at the bottom of the cover. You see it says there, for those who got a late start with CZD, next Saturday um, or the Saturday after that. If you miss one of those days, you're going to have to wait till August. We're just trying to help out the people who got a late start. Um, so um, take a look at page four, please. Page four. And you see at the top of the page that yesterday was the feast day for our parish, um, St. William of Bourges. St. William the Confessor is the patron saint of this parish. Eleven years ago, I arrived here. Now, it is my opinion that um, uh, St. William needs um, a very good, a very holy, a very dedicated priest. Um, and until he gets here, I'll keep things running. So uh, the um, uh, so many blessings, so many blessings over the last 11 years. It seems, it seems like 11 weeks instead of 11 years. Um, on uh, on page eight, if you will, turn to page eight. I forgot to include a message. The, not not today, but next Sunday after the 9:40 mass, the women's guild will have their meeting. I forgot to put it in. All the women of the parish are invited, even if you're not a member. Now, does that mean we have to, I have to join? No, it doesn't. Also, women can um, bring their daughters along with them as long as they stay with their mom, right? So that's next Sunday after the 940 Mass. Page 8, the beautiful flower, the beautiful roses over there and over here. No, they're not artificial. I'll just say that again. Uh, those are donated in Thanksgiving for... Um, um, St. William's Feast Day yesterday, and also by the friends and family of Dr. Mark Garza and his dear wife, Betty Garza. May they rest in peace. Yesterday would have been Dr. Garza's birthday. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, look at the bottom of page 8. The uh, six lines that most people could uh, text to someone or text to all your contacts, your contacts and it wouldn't kill you. This, um, these six lines are written by a man who teaches at the University of Texas at Austin. They're from his book, What We Can't Not Know. Parents, I encourage you, parents and grandparents, to read his other books, the ones I have listed there, Ask Me Anything, Ask Me Anything, number two, on the meaning of sex and what we can't not know. Why? Because I guarantee you, your children, your grandchildren, your nieces or nephews are going to have questions why not just hand him a book and say, why don't you read chapter 7? Why don't you read chapter 10? It's only four pages. 
Why don't you read that and then we'll talk about it. You see, isn't it true? Your friends come home, your, your children come home and they say, Mom, Mom, uh, rain is wet. Rocks are hard. Well, yeah, I've been telling you that all along. Oh, no. Well, why do you believe that rain is wet and rocks are hard? Well, a stranger at Walmart told me. So I believe them. They don't believe mom or dad. Of course rain is wet. Rocks are hard. Um, but they won't believe you because you're mom or dad. They'll believe a perfect stranger. And if you can hand them a book and say read chapter 10 or chapter 12 or whatever it is, all of a sudden the same things that you've been saying are coming out of the mouth of someone else. All of a sudden the light goes off. Hopefully that's the case. Anyway, the books are very inexpensive. This guy has heard everything. The dog ate my homework. The dog ate my girlfriend. The, you know, the dog ate my boyfriend. Whatever. The um, Page 9. You've seen that before. If you haven't, um, I'm too tired to, to mention it. <laughs> and then on the back page, uh, you see the annual information sheet. So uh, if you haven't filled it out, could you fill it out and hand it in on your way out of church today? That would be a great help. If you'd like a box of envelopes, um, he'll give you a box, but if you, uh, Deacon Ismael will be in the cry room after Mass. You do not have to take envelopes, but at the, this really is a big help to me. He'll be in the cry room. Also, there are calendars on sale, $3 a piece or two for $5. Um, and when they're gone, they're gone. So they're beautiful calendars. They really are. Also, um, today is the last day of the Christmas season for the church. Tomorrow begins ordinary time. We go from white to green uh, in just one day. Now, on the old calendar, the extraordinary form, which is still used in the church, it goes from Christmas to February 2nd, 40 days. Um, but for the ordinary form, the one that we're using right now, the ordinary form of the Mass, uh, tomorrow is ordinary time. So today's the last day of Christmas. You see those red books in front of you in the, in the bench? Those Adoramus hymnals. They've been here ten and a half years. We've gotten a lot of use out of them, but um, they are tired as well. So we're going to get new uh, Adoramus hymnals. Uh, a family from the parish donated new Adoration, Adoration, Adoramus hymnals, and they should be in next week or the week after. So something to look forward to. They'll have the new translations of the Mass, too. Um, so it'll uh, something to look forward to because, like, like I said, they're... Um, they're, they've taken a beating. What else? I'm, I'm leaving something else out. The, uh, I always do. Anyway, take a look at the second reading. We'll start there. St. John, the Apostle, says, So there are three witnesses that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three witnesses are in agreement. If we accept the testimony of men, the testimony of God is surely greater. Now, the testimony of God is this, that God has testified on behalf of his son. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Um, after seeing what we saw last week in Paris, you know, with the, uh, the radical members of um, Islam, Muslims, right, radical Muslims, it would be very easy for people to say, well, all Muslims think just like that. Of course, that's ridiculous. But most people don't study. Uh, most people don't study the religion of Islam. 
and they just lump all Muslims together. That's wrong. In fact, uh, was it the last week or two in Nigeria? Radical uh, Muslims have been killing Muslims there, about 2,000 so far. Oh, but um, yeah, think about it. Uh, a lot of times, because we don't know much about them, we just kind of lump them all together. Now, we can say the same thing about uh, um, Christians. We are Catholic Christians. There are lots of friends and relatives. There are lots of uh, family members who are Christian, but they're not Catholic Christians. They're non-Catholic Christians. Um, and um, we just think that all of them, all the non-Catholic Christians, they just all believe the same thing. Well, think about it. If that's true, why are there over 30,000 different churches in the non-Catholic Christian churches? Oh, they all believe the same thing. Well, if that's true, they would just have one. They don't believe the same thing. Now, this is helpful because today is the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And Catholics, well, Catholics, we're very, we're very open about what we believe about baptism. Uh, about 500 years ago, uh, not yet 500 years ago, but almost 500 years ago, we had the, uh, the Council of Trent. So we got a catechism from the Council of Trent that spells out what we believe about baptism and, and other things. We had the Baltimore Catechism in this country based on the, 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 the Council of Trent. And then around 1992, 1993, we got the, um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, friends, I have the only copy. I have the only copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. No one else, and I'm not letting anybody read it because I've got the only copy. They printed it, and they gave me the only copy. No, They don't even have a copy. They can't make a copy because I've got... Of course not. I don't have the only copy. You can just type in Catechism of the Catholic Church on your computer, and it comes up free on the Internet. The, uh, it's amazing. There's a section. There's a section in the Catechism of the Catholic Church on baptism. It's uh, several pages, and there are lots of references to the readings of today and other readings from the Bible. So Catholics, we're just an open book when it comes to what we believe about baptism and other things. Now, you know, when you go to study Islam, they've got a catechism, don't they? Oh, wait a minute. No, they've got the Koran and the Hadith, but they don't have anything like a catechism. Nothing. 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 Now, the over 30,000 non-Catholic Christians... They have a catechism. Well, no, they, they don't. They really don't. Um, so you, you talk to this one, and they'll say one thing. You talk to that one, they'll say another thing about baptism. I'm going to focus on baptism. Um, guess what? You, you don't get that. Um, you, you get all different kinds of uh, opinions, all different shades uh, of teaching. But the Catholic Church says, here, this is what we believe. And we believe it. And it's taken right out of the Bible. Let me just show you one, one of the biggest glaring uh, differences. When you, talk to, when you talk to friends who are Christian but not Catholic Christians, um, when you talk to them, usually the first thing they're going to say is something like this. 
Well, you Catholics believe that uh, you have to be have water poured over your head or sprinkled on you. Um, and we know the Bible says that you have to be immersed. You have to be dunked under the water. There's only one problem with what they just said. It's not true. Uh, as Catholics, uh, from the beginning, we've understood that baptism could be administered by immersing someone in the water or by pouring the water over the head of the person being baptized while saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, or having water sprinkled over the head. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Friends, um, uh, when you talk about this with your non-Catholic friends, many times they will say, nope, Jesus was submerged under the water, and that's how you have to do it. Let's take a look at the Gospel today. And what does it say about Jesus being dunked under the water? It says, nothing, nothing. Oh, wait a minute, it says here that Jesus came up out of the water. When I was a kid, we'd go to the lake and we'd go fishing. Uh, there was a pier there. And when we started, we would buy minnows. We'd buy a, a bag of minnows. But we'd go through those pretty fast. Also, those are expensive. But instead of buying minnows, we just made our own. We just put a little, a little trap out there in a couple of feet of water. And before we went fishing, we'd just go out, out into the water a couple of feet. We'd pick up the trap, get the minnows out, and we'd fish with them. Right? Did we go under the water? Did we, did we go all the way under? No, we're just going to get the minnows out. It's a, it's a minnow trap. Minnows don't like to live in deep water. Um, so after we checked the trap, we came up out of the water. Maybe got our ankles wet up to about mid, uh, mid-calf. mid That's about it. Um, oh, yeah, did we ever swim? Sure, sure. Good, went all the way underwater. But you can go into the lake uh, just a couple of feet and come back out. You can go into the river just a couple of feet and come back out. Um, so the people who say that Jesus was submerged, there's only one problem. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus was submerged. It says he came up out of the water. Well, it says he came up out of the water. Yeah, he came up out of the water. Yeah. But friends, this is so trivial. But it's amazing how widespread the error is. It's amazing how widespread it is among non-Catholic Christians that Jesus was, was pushed under the water. Um, it just doesn't say. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. It's not in the text. Now, isn't it interesting? Today ends uh, Christmas. Christmas season ends with the baptism of the Lord. Now, that would be fine if Jesus was baptized when he was a little bitty baby. How old is Jesus right now in this gospel? He's 30. He's 30 years old. Um, Father Pacwa. Father Pacwa came out with a book um, on, uh, on the Eucharist last year. It's a beautiful book. And he talks about what the priests in the temple, what they did and how they did it. Uh, to be a priest serving in the temple, you had to be of a certain tribe, the tribe of Levi. And you had to be a man, and you couldn't be younger than 30, and you couldn't be older than 50. 
You, uh, you could start at 30, but you couldn't go past 50. How old is Jesus when he's baptized? He's 30. That's the, um, um, that's the tradition of uh, the age of Jesus in this gospel. 30 years old. So here Jesus is about to begin his public um, life, his first step, like a baby taking his first step. Jesus is taking his first step. Now, later on, when you go home, you can look in your Bible and you can read in the Gospels that after Jesus was baptized, what happened? Jesus took his apostles and they went out. And what did they start doing? They started baptizing others. But it starts with the baptism of Jesus. But isn't it kind of odd that we have December 25th, the baby Jesus is born, and then eight days later, he's circumcised, and he's named Jesus. And then the three kings come by uh, to adore him, the little baby Jesus. And now, the next Sunday, he's 30. What? What's that, what's that about? It doesn't, doesn't fit with the other stuff. It does fit. It does fit. This is the book, um, Jesus of Nazareth, by Pope Benedict. It's about six years old. It's beautiful. If you have the book, when you go home today, look up chapter one. If you don't have it, get it on Kindle, or you get it on your smartphone, or you can get a Kindle app. Um, the, um, but the Pope uh, looks at the baptism of the Lord in a beautiful way, and he tells us things that, well, just go right over us. If we're not, if we're not, if we don't know what's there, um, the um, when you think of uh, when you think of the birth of a child, what are the first things they ask you uh, at the hospital? Name of the mother, name of the father, right? They want to know maternity, paternity. Uh, they want to know. You know why? <laughs> they want to know who they're going to send the bill to. <laughs> They're not being nosy. You're just not getting out of here. We're going to give you a bill, right? So um, they want to know the name of the baby or the babies too, right? But name of the mother, name of the father. On January 1st, we had the feast of New Year's. No, we didn't have the feast of New Year's. We had the feast of Mary, mother of God. Yeah, it was January 1st, New Year's. But it's the eighth day after the birth of Jesus. So it's the feast of Mary, the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. Jesus is God. She's the mother of God. Yeah. Okay, so now we know who the mother is. And today, we know who the father is. How? Well, it says at the last, of the last lines of the gospel, a voice came from the heavens. You are my beloved son. Who can say that? Only a mother or a father. Now, do you really think it was a woman's voice coming from heaven? This is my beloved son. <laughs> no. It was the voice of God the Father. You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. So God the Father is declaring, you are my beloved son. So we have here um, his father. So we know who the mother is. We know who the father is. We know who Jesus is. He's the son of God. He's also the son of Mary. Mary's the mother of Jesus. Mary's the mother of God because Jesus is God. So um, this is very, very important. Now, um, but don't take my word for it. 
I'm a man. Don't take my word for it. Take the testimony of God. The second reading today, St. John says, uh, if we accept the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. Um, in the Old Testament, the time of Jesus, um, any case, any case in court depended on two or three witnesses. If you didn't have two witnesses or three witnesses, no case. So St. John says in, his, in the second reading today, he says, well, there are three witnesses that testify the spirit, the water and the blood. And the three are in accord. The three agree with each other. So the spirit, the water and the blood are our witnesses. St. John the Baptist is a witness too. those people lined up on the shore. They were going to get baptized. Their witness, this was not a, p- a private moment. But who also are witnesses? God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Um, in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, Pope Benedict points out that there's a birth. There's a lot of birth imagery here in the baptism. Look around this gospel. I don't see anything. That's right. Uh, you have to dig for it, right? Um, believe it or not, the next time you get French fries, um, potatoes, you don't go and pick them up off the ground. You have to dig for them. Then you pick them up off the ground. Wow, I don't know. We planted those potatoes and I went out there every day for a year. We just don't have any potatoes. Well, you have to dig for them. <laughs> They're under the ground. You have to dig for this, uh, this information. And Pope Benedict gives it to us. I mean, all you have to do is go pick it up. Um, the, um, look where it says, um, On coming up out of the water, Jesus saw the heavens being torn open. The heavens being torn open. Do we talk like this? Oh, uh, look, the, the heavens are torn open. We don't talk like that. When's the last time? Oh, uh, get mom. I think the heavens are being torn open. No, we don't talk like this. What does that mean? Heavens are being torn In 2015, I've got a new rule. Whenever I don't understand a word, whenever I don't know a word, I don't understand something. In 2015, I'm just going to skip it. (laughs) I'm just going to skip it. Uh, When I was a kid, they always said, if you don't know a word, look it up. Well, that took too long. So I'm just going to skip it. No, we're not going to skip it. We're going to look it up. Pope, Pope Benedict said the same word that is used in the Bible the heavens were torn open. It's the same word for a mother who's giving birth to a child. The child comes down the birth canal, hopefully head, head first, right? And the child opens the womb of the mother. The womb is torn open. In other words, it's a great pain to the mother. Her body is keeping that child inside to let the child grow and be nourished and to protect the child. But when a child is born, the word that's used uh, in Hebrew means to tear open, the, to open the womb. And the heavens are opening like, and God, the, and, and, and they're producing, uh, or they give to us Jesus. Um, God the Father um, and God, the Holy Spirit, witness to this. Now, when I was baptized, uh, I was only a few weeks old. Um, 
I'm sorry to say it, but my in my own family, I have a little brother, um, a little brother and two older sisters. Um, My oldest sister is no longer Catholic. Um, She got married and she joined another church. She joined the it was the Methodist church, but then they broke away from the Methodist church. It's called home church. Okay, when um, when they had a little their first baby, Claire, my niece, they didn't have her baptized. They uh, they got a bunch of people together and they formed a circle and mom and dad and Claire were standing in the middle and the people said nice things about the baby. She was only six weeks old. Um, what could they say? Um, she the I guess the, the the nicest thing you could say about a six six week old baby is she sleeps through the night. She never wakes up. <laughs> She sleeps right through the night. Now, that's what parents want to hear. Oh, that's great. The, um, um, what, can you, what, what could they say? She changes her own diaper. She's six weeks old. She can't do that. She cooks dinner. She's six weeks old. She can't do that. So what, what nice things can you say about a baby? I mean, they're beautiful. They smell good when they're well kept, right? The, um, you don't want to be around them when they're not well kept. <laughs> Let's move somewhere else in church. Right? There you go. How many times have you had to do that? The, um, um, but the, um, the, the baptism of a child or the baptism of an adult um, is something concrete. Now, all Christians believe this. No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, some, some people say, oh yeah, I was baptized there. And there, and there, and there, and there. Um, Catholics have always believed that we can be baptized one time because baptism leaves a mark on my soul that can't be erased. You can hit delete, delete, delete all you want and it's not going away. When you die and you go before God, that mark is on your soul. See, What Jesus does in his baptism is he blesses the water for my baptism, for your baptism. When I was I was only about six weeks old, baptism took away um, the sin of Adam and Eve that was on my soul. If if you were baptized um, when you were 10 years old or in your 20s or 30s, baptism took away the sin of Adam and Eve, the original sin and all of your personal sins. All of your personal sins. Wow. See, Jesus is like Moses. Moses led the, the, the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, they had to go through the waters of the Red Sea, like a wall to the right and to the left. And Moses led them through the waters of the Red Sea to the promised land. Jesus leads us through baptism to the other sacraments. There are seven sacraments. There are seven sacraments. Baptism is sacrament number one. Now, all Christians believe that baptism is a sacrament. No, they don't. I need to, I need to work on my, my beat here. The, uh, no, they don't. <laughs> no, some, some think that, some think that uh, baptism is just a nice thing. doesn't make any change. Kind of like flowers on the table. Um, 
oh, this stew tastes so much better because those are beautiful flowers in the middle of the table. No, you're not eating the flowers. You're eating the stew, right? So um, as Catholics, we believe that baptism is a sacrament, that what God wants to do is he, what God wants to do with me and you is what we see in Jesus. God looks at Jesus and says, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. If I live the commandments, if you live the commandments, if your children live the commandments and we've been baptized, God the Father sees us as adopted sons and daughters. Um, and he sees us and he says, I am well pleased. It's impossible to live the commandments without the graces coming to us through um, Jesus. Jesus opens the waters for baptism for me and you to be baptized. And this business about, uh, well, uh, well, we just have so many differences. Okay, then show me what you believe in baptism. But friends, when you actually go to talk to your friends about baptism, they don't have a catechism. They don't have it written down. Oh, well, we have these articles, or we have these constitutions, or we have this. And then you go to the next one, you know, a few blocks over. They don't have those. No, we don't need those. That's all unnecessary. There's not continuity among non-Catholic Christians as there is in the Catholic Church. Um, there's a lot of confusion. But God has given us Christ, if you will, as an older brother. Uh, through baptism, we become adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. And he can be well pleased with us if we live his commandments. So beautiful. But it's so unstudied. Um, take out your catechism. Look it up on online. And just read the five or six pages on baptism over the next few days. And look at all the references to the Bible. And realize that not all Christians believe that. Not all Christians believe that. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.